Hi, I'm Russ Kamarta, an independent filmmaker and actor in New York, and in between the chances I get to do my creative projects, I love to sit down and talk with other artists to see how it is they do what they do, how they take art and use their craft to reveal truth to an audience. So in this series of conversations, you'll meet some people you may recognize, some people you won't recognize, but they're all independent artists and we'll get in-depth in a long-form conversation to see how it is they do what they do. Welcome to Art Craft Truth. This time on Art Craft Truth, we return to the world of music with guitar player Alex Nolan. Throughout her fantastic career, she's been the lead guitarist for various artists, including touring with Cyndi Lauper, playing for the Broadway show Jagged Little Pill. She's a contributing writer to Premier Guitar Magazine, and she's also a fantastic guitar teacher. So she's gonna educate me on the craft of guitar and what it's like to be a working sideman musician in the music industry. I hope you enjoy her as much as I've enjoyed talking to her, Alex Nolan. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Awesome, I was just testing my microphone. Can you hear me? Very well. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. This is, this is cool, Alex. Thank you so much for doing this. This is very... Thanks for having me. I love talking to musicians because I'm so far out of my depth. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not a musician at all? No, not a musician at all. I mean, I'm a... Okay. I'm a... I'm an actor and, and filmmaker and, and stuff, so mm -hmm. I come from that world. Yeah. What the, the coolest part for me is, like I said, uh, and I'm mm -hmm. going to give you my general disclaimer uh, when I talk mm -hmm. to musicians is, if I sound like an idiot with some of these questions, that's the, that's the good part. That's what's fun. So you, <laughs> you're and and you're also a teacher of this. So what's what's cool about this is you're going to educate me and everybody else about the the craft of what you do. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Right. And that's kind of the thrust of it too. Is um, we'll we'll go through like your life and career highlights and things and and all the fun stories and stuff but really i want to focus on how it is you do what you do like the actual craft of your of your mm -hmm. art um, mm -hmm. so uh so first of all um how are you making out with uh, aren't you you're you're doing uh, jagged little pill right mm -hmm. so that's yep. been that's been canned for a almost yeah. a year now right what's good what's going on with that yeah just just we just passed the year um of the shutdown so uh, it's a, it's a little weird, you know, Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but, um, I think, you know, I think Broadway is hopeful about the fall. Wow. Um, fall. Of, I mean, officially the word is still that they're shut down until May 31st, wow. but if we're, we're, we're still not in line to get vaccinated and we haven't started moving forward. So it's hard, it's hard to believe that it would begin on june 1st at this point wow you know it, they don't even they're not even going to do like limited capacity type thing or or so the issue with that is that the broadway business model doesn't work for <laughs> limited capacity yeah if you if you know what i mean yeah, no there's um, not enough cheddar for that <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna open unless they can sell all the tickets wow oh man. so and then of course you know once the restrictions are lifted then the issue is will will they be able to sell that many tickets will people feel comfortable um right i don't know my it's hard to my tell. guess i don't know what you think but my mm -hmm. guess is especially for things like that the yeah the the hunger is so pent up <laughs> at this point once you tell people you can go to the restaurant you can go to the show you can go to the ball game you can, mm -hmm. they're gonna go they'll do it they're gonna go i mean yeah i think so yeah i yeah. think the general attitude is is 
we're, we've taken the pot off the boil a little bit with this and i think yeah. it's just gonna simmer down a little bit cool all right well i look i hope i hope we'll, we're going to talk about that uh, as we get sure. into this but um, yeah. but i wanted to see where we were at with that so yeah. let's let's start at the beginning with you this is this will okay. be fun um where, where are you from originally actually originally i'm from manhattan new oh York really oh, so you're a new yorker born and born and raised not so much raised but born um okay. i we lived there till i was five years old and um and then we moved up to the hudson valley okay. so most of my life i grew up in the hudson valley in millbrook new york awesome All which right. is about 90 miles north right so you're a new yorker i mean i grew up on long island yeah. that's where i still am so i'm a new yorker yeah. that's how I, that's how it is we're you know mm -hmm. we're in and out of that town all the time and and uh sure so as a kid um mm -hmm. were you always inclined were you always musically inclined were you, did you want to do other things were there was art always part of your life yeah i i knew from a very young age from a, like when i was five years old i started to ask about playing like if i could play electric guitar <laughs> Um, my my mom is a singer, um, actress, performer, and at the time in the eighties, my father uh, co-owned a, a cabaret nightclub. Oh wow! And so yeah, so my I was kind of like observing that world, and um, my parents were friends with a lot of cabaret singers from those days, and so um, I was definitely around music a lot wow and but I something about like rock and roll and electric guitar just spoke to me so I, I begged my parents for an electric guitar and when I was seven Santa Claus finally brought me one sweet so so yeah. what was it uh, what was the stuff that you were listening to that that put you in that down that road that you fell in love with the guitar so I have an older sister. We're almost eight years apart. So when I was very young, she was listening to Cyndi Lauper and like you know yeah. all the all the pop music at that time. And I remember her getting um, "Nevermind" by Nirvana, that ah, album, okay. '91, which is when I started playing guitar and just hearing the intro to "Smells Like Teen Spirit," just that. <laughs> electric guitar i'm like that's so awesome that's so cool. so there was the there was this dirty power of uh of, of that grunge scene at the time that spoke to you so yeah you, yeah so i'm a little i'm a little older than you i probably got i, I, I was i'm more of the 80s but when i grew up i was listening to the stuff that was the era mm -hmm. before me so it was always yep. hendrix and zeppelin and you know that was the stuff that i grew up right you know, don't you always feel like you were born too late <laughs> You know what? At the time, you know? at the time, I definitely felt that way because, um, you, you know, you, you just you're looking at your. Although, I mean, I, I loved all the stuff at the time. You know, Van Halen and a lot of stuff of of my high school era was great too. And then later on, U two and and then you know, Radiohead and all that stuff as I as I grew into it. But but at the time, you're you're like long hair denim jacket you're like i should have been born in 68 man i should have been i should right. have been a teenager in 68 you know so yeah that's cool so uh, i know so was there because they were in the arts was there any hesitation to to santa claus getting you that guitar or were they were they excited about you doing it there was no hesitation i think they just you know it was strange i think especially then for a little girl to want to play i don't know to like beg to play electric guitar and they probably just wanted to make sure i was serious right, you know right um i imagine you know i mean they were super supportive of me playing music i think it was just like 
Yeah. Why yeah. that? Why the electric <laughs> yeah. guitar? Yeah. Right. Don't you want to be a singer or something? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. That's cool. Piano maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so did you find you had a facility for it right away? Like, uh, was it hard to learn or did you dive right into it? I, I would say I dove right into it. Um, I, I didn't, I started taking lessons about six months after I got the guitar, but even before then I was like, pretending I already knew, you know, <laughs> carrying it around with me all around the house wow. and just like trying to play things by ear. Wow. And um yeah, I and and you know what, I really wanted to do it. So it wasn't um I wasn't turned off by like my fingers hurting or like nothing bothered me about the whole experience. Right, right. The the the, the love was the work. You know, so you yeah, didn't have to. Yeah. So what was the um, what was some of the first things you uh, you were learning and and, and playing? Right, like we were you like oh, I gotta I gotta learn that Nirvana song or like what were the things you wanted to do? Yeah, I definitely that was an early one. Um, yeah, I remember learning Hotel California pretty early on. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that was maybe the first solo I learned. Oh really. Yeah, That's which cool. I'm like now, and I I um I've taught that solo, and it's like it's really long too. Like yeah. you have to and be it's, and there's two in. guitars harmonizing on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Well, yeah. Um, I've I've taught it many times to guitar students, and most people give up like somewhere in the middle just because like it's just too it's too it's long. Right. It's too much for the eagles for were people. the eagles were good for that. You can say take it to the limit. As many times as and, and they time. did, and they did, <laughs> and they certainly did. Uh, right, that's so cool. So, what was the aspiration? Like, you clearly you you wanted this was not um, you weren't doing chamber music. You wanted to rock out, so that was that's pretty yeah. cool. So, what was the aspiration yeah. eventually to get to find like minded kids and get a band, or like how did you how did you end up playing? That's a great question. I. I would have, oh, man, I would have loved to have other kids that were that young right. that, that cared about it or that, like, I, I, like, fantasized about having a band, you right. know, getting to play with other kids. But um, I went to a small school where, like, there were 15 kids in my class. Wow. And uh, nobody, you know, like, they thought it was cool, but nobody committed to it. Like to to taking an instrument or like some of my friends were like oh yeah I'm gonna get a drum set and then they'd take like a couple weeks of le worth of lessons and and that was it oh. so nobody took it seriously and you know at that at that age it's it's I think it's hard to find so, uh, kids that are so that when, you know when do you is it is it not until you get like out of school and into you're going off to college kind of thing or like when do you finally get to what are you doing to play yeah. to satisfy yourself is it just, just oh yeah well i was taking lessons so i started <clears throat> taking lessons when i was i guess about eight and um and every week and and then when i was 12 i also started taking drum lessons oh, yeah. so i did two like the two back to back um every week at the at the local music store that's so and cool. Yeah, it was it was fun, yeah. and you know, at that point, I thought that um, I I wanted to actually I wanted to do what I ended up doing, which was playing guitar for somebody, like being the guitarist in the band. Right. Not like I wasn't um, excited about like being the front person or. Right. So I, I I knew who I was. 
I guess they say that, right? Yeah. When you're like really little, you really know who you are. It's true. So, um, you, so you didn't have any, um, did you have like aspirations or thoughts of uh, like being a songwriter? You know, writing I, music? I did. Or? You did, okay. Yeah, I did, but not till not till like you know at some point people started telling me like well you should you should really do your own thing and i feel i think still now people are like oh but do you do your own thing you know <laughs> it's always um thought of as the i don't know the most maybe i don't want to say respectable but um you must want to do your own thing right you know right 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 and i uh, so and so when I was, I would say like seventeen, I started like okay, okay, I guess I can sing and I'll I'll write my own songs and I recorded uh, a four song EP when I was eighteen. Nice. And then you know for a, a few years there, then through college, um, I was studying guitar. I did go to school for guitar, but I was thinking that like oh I I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm going to have my own project and have a rock band and it's going to be my name. Right. You know, it was interesting. I I just interviewed, uh, interviewed last week, a a buddy of mine who's a jazz drummer. He's a jazz, jazz and and rhythm and blues soul drummer with like the Dap Kings and and other folks that he's worked Mm with. And, uh, and he's like, I never, he's like, he's just putting an album. He's been doing this for 30 years. Like I never, yeah decided to do my thing like i was always i like to be the session guy i like to be Mm -hmm. the you know what i mean so people that's that's a gig that's part of the gig is is totally collaborating with other artists it doesn't have to be your thing so that's interesting that you know you didn't have that mindset right off the bat it came later exactly right so where did you go to school i went to the university of southern california Uh in uh in los angeles nice and for yeah and but uh, for for music, didn't you study? Was there wasn't there another uh, or a part of that school that you you studied at or something? I, I so I started as um, oh yeah the, the the school of music is called Thornton School Thor- of Music. Okay, I knew it was something like that. I couldn't place it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I started as a jazz guitar major. They call that the that major studio slash jazz guitar. I guess is the L A. You know. <laughs> hip way of no um but so it was really cool and um it was mostly jazz and uh but also part of what it takes to be a studio musician okay so i i did that for two years and then early in my junior year decided that uh you know i i was kind of i had kind of decided that like okay but i'm not going to be a guitar player so maybe it maybe i should actually focus on studying things that will be more useful to me if I do my own project or so I switched to music business Hmm. um so I yeah so I actually my degree is in music industry wow so at some point well that I'm sure that comes in handy now um so yeah a little bit I'm glad that I'm glad that I got to like do a little different things right so at some point you thought I'm like I'm not going to be a guitar player yeah yep okay and and (laughs) what was and what was it about uh first of all let's let's dive into a little craft here before i get into Mm -hmm. all that stuff so coming out of your you know rocking out youth Mm -hmm. you know the 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 original attraction for that electric Mm -hmm. guitar now you're going to school and you're studying jazz guitar yep explain the difference some of the differences for us laymen about 
what that mm -hmm. is about and how did you mm -hmm. react to learning that particular craft? Sure. Um, I, I, I mean, I had been preparing for that, uh, you know, that study through high school. So I'd played in um, jazz ensembles and like the they have what's called all county. I don't sure. know if they do that. Yeah. Where they put together. Um, musicians from different high schools to have like I guess they say the like the, the best the most the <laughs> right. recommended group um but that was a great experience and um you know I I you know where you have to you have to sight read arrangements and mm. play specific parts and as part of an orchestra so that was part of my preparation for um for studying jazz but when I got to the school um there were I guess 10, 10 of us, 10 guitar players in my class. And most of it was kind of like learning songs, learning tunes, okay. as they say, standards, and being able to play them in any key, of course. Um, and being able to improvise over the changes of that particular song. So they used, they used sta um, playing standards as the way to address playing over changes, okay. improvising. Um, is that, yeah, I mean, does that make Yeah, sense? no, that makes total <laughs> playing sense. Playing over changes. No, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. because you're, 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 it's similar to kind of what we do. If, you mm -hmm. know, you, you hear actors talk about improvising, um, mm -hmm. there's no straight sort of just whipping stuff off the top of your head and pulling right. it out of your ass kind of thing. It's, it, there's a foundation of the story you're trying to tell, an objective right. you're trying to reach, and then you riff off of that and you allow exactly and that's basically what they're doing they're giving you a standard to to lay down the foundation that you can play changes over yep. and did you like that did, was it fun i did i did it just wasn't <laughs> like no i mean i i i like it and right. i appreciate it and my i like and i said i grew it. up with it i I'm, i don't really gig as no? a jazz musician okay. anymore i there was a time Maybe like ten years ago, or as I, I was still playing with a couple of jazz artists. Like, I saw the but one, it was I saw the one, the bass player one. The, the, exactly. The, yeah, Amanda Ruzza, who's like an amazing uh, Brazilian jazz bassist. Right. Um, Which is. But odd. that's also like, that's a, there's an what, odd a front a front person jazz bass. <laughs> totally, I know. <laughs> seen that before. I know. Other than yeah. Jackal Pastorius or something. And I never seen exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's um pretty um you know edgy too. Like uh, there yeah. are elements of rock and roll in that in that gig too, I would say. Like and she wanted it to be that way, you know. Right. So that was it worked out for me. Um but you know in the end like it's never it was never my it's I. It's not like what excites me the most. Right, right. You, the the rock world was calling you. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. at what point is it somewhere in school or out of school where you where when does when do you when does the guitar come back where it's like mm -hmm. wait I can do this I can right. I can play. Yeah. So so a week before graduation um, at USC, I still don't really know what exactly I'm going to do. I thought about moving back to New York 
maybe going to culinary school for wow, you, you know not not necessarily to become a chef but i i've always been um really interested in cooking I love i still do Me it's too. like my love it hobby <laughs> yeah oh nice yeah. well it's similar I'm when you food, say I, i'm a food ad a food network addict so i have been since the beginning so <laughs> totally i know it's so like it's like i was chopped on I can watch that exactly. for, for another hour. Top and a half. Chef, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so yeah, so I, I thought about that um, lightly. I just wasn't sure, and then so I got an email, like I said, a week before graduation, um, that was from a band in Nashville, uh, a seven-piece all-female country band that uh was looking for a replacement for their guitarist so i i got the email through the department of my you know my school and they they the band had emailed the department saying please encourage any female guitarists that you have may have um if they're you know ask them if they're interested so you know as we know <laughs> that um female guitarists are still just like not not common no. you know it, it's hard to find especially that do it um on a professional level as a guitarist right you know right yeah they're not just sort of playing rhythm along to their own sure know, which is great too yeah, it's just sure. that yeah you know there aren't a lot of women who pursue that career so um so the department emails me and i i i have two had two email addresses and i so i got it in one inbox and the first one i was like nah I wouldn't. I couldn't. Can do that. Like I'm not. I don't play country. I don't. I don't know uh -huh. if I like it. I'm not going to be a guitar player. Whatever. So, so then I opened the in the the other inbox later that afternoon, and I was starting to think about it, and I was like, mm, I don't know. Maybe I'll just write them back. Why not? Like I'm not going to do it, but why not? <laughs> sure. Well. So I emailed them and immediately the band leader called me on the phone and, you know, was trying to get me <laughs> to come to audition. So a few days later, I fly to Nashville, like between like the end of school and my exams, I wow. flew to Nashville and auditioned for this band. Um, and I ended up doing it graduated wow. moved to nashville it wow. just happened it just happened wow. and thank god for multiple email accounts <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that funny That's how bizarre. like yeah you make a choice that like you don't think i don't know right now you changes your you, life yeah exactly so you moved to nashville and, and joined this band yeah what was the plan that you was there a plan that you had abandoned you know this happens like so fast like what were you going to do when you got out of school what was the plan so I don't think, right, well, I didn't really have a definite plan, you know. Um, I, I mean, I thought, like I said, maybe study some culinary oh, arts. Right, that's right, right. And, and then, you know, and then there was a time where I thought, of, so even this, like when I joined the band, I was in it for a little over a year. But even after that, I was still thinking like, okay, <laughs> time, you know, time to get serious. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, I, I've thought about music law at some point, wow. too. Just maybe, maybe that was a good idea. I wasn't so, sure. let me ask you this question. This is interesting. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, we'll talk about the Nashville experience, but what do you think it is in, and this happens to a lot of us uh, mm -hmm. uh, artists, what do you think it is that crept in that kept saying, 
let's time to get serious or when I'm done with this, like, what do you think that is? Where does that come from? Do you, would you? I think it just came from, you know, what, what people say and like what, what's, what the idea is and like the, this, the idea that pursuing a career in the arts is impractical. Right. You know, and, and I supported it. Um, I just didn't think I was exceptional. Right. And, you know, I didn't think that, uh, yeah, I thought it would be too hard and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't practical. Right. So when you're in Nashville, what's that experience like at that time? You know, was it a whole different kind of world? Because there's a, I mean, that's a like workmanlike regimented town for musicians, right? People who just, that's all they do is they you know nine to five they're working on their music kind of thing was it that kind of scene for you absolutely well you know the gig that i had we were what they call road warriors where and this is what a lot of people do in nashville like they live in nashville but they're not there most of the time Mm. so so we would go out you know we would leave on like i don't know wednesday morning and drive to the first gig for the week you know, to Georgia or something, and then go to Alabama, and then go down to Louisiana, wow. and, and then return home, like, sometime on Sunday. So, most of the week, we were traveling around, you know, the South. Right. And we did, we did go all over the country, too. But and what kind of stuff um, were you playing? So, it was mostly country and classic rock covers. Okay. They had some of, some original music. So, um, so like, uh, like, like Southern rock, like Leonard Skinner, Allman Brothers type vibe. Totally, exactly. Okay. okay. Yeah, um, you know, ACDC. It was a road show, though. Okay. So it was because, like I said, it was seven piece, all female, and the and what the band leader would do was called departments of like like music departments, Berkeley. They would ask like, who are the best girls? Like, who's the best? bass player that you have that's female who's the best violinist and recruit girls for the band and they were really awesome i'm sure they were badass like i remember when i auditioned um just being like had like blown away and really intimidated because i had never i had never been around that many female musicians that were like which you know is is ridiculous but um it was awesome. Wow. It were was you, really were impressive. The, were you um was it was it like a battle or did you or did you were you the only one they were really focusing on for guitar? Well, I th- I thought it was a battle, but I <laughs> I would come to find out that that they had a very hard time finding somebody and oh. um and they were actually they they were they thought it was a good fit. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was great. It was awesome. But yeah, we would play like Devil Went Down to Georgia and, (laughs) you know, and the fiddle player would do a dance on a table. It was like a really fun road show. People, they had a huge following. I mean, they they still exist, actually. What was the name of the band? Mustang Sally. Mustang Sally. I lo- and, and obviously well received across your Yeah. <laughs> they people love that. They love it. We would go we would go play on this um this little island uh off of the coast of Ohio. You wow. know, I don't know if you've ever I don't like, never heard of that. So they have a, I guess a couple islands, but one of them's called Put in Bay. Like put dash in dash bay, <laughs> okay. Ohio. 
and it's like it's like Cabo in <laughs> in Cincinnati, Ohio, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but it's a little island, and you have to take a ferry to get there, and it's a freaking party oh, island, that's awesome. you know. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I it guess all, it depends. <laughs> it was fun, but we would go there and play for like ten nights in a row. We wow. do three sets every night, so we'd just stay there and play, and people would party, and it was crazy. Wow. And uh, yeah, and you did this for a year. Mm-hmm. And what? Yep. What was the? Did you think this was? Did they? So it was a cover band basically, and some yeah. some original yep. stuff. Some original. exactly. Were you involved in writing, or no? No. So so. Most of most members of the band were interested in that original music side of it, um, and they they their aspiration really was to become a, a recording artist, sure. like at, for their original music. Um, whereas I just wanted the you know I was in it for the <laughs> for the experience, <laughs> and it it I mean I learned so much from doing that gig, and just like being like thrown into the fire, you yeah. know, like lear- having to learn over a hundred songs wow. in like a week and just be like playing it was it, it was crazy but um yes yeah, so eventually you know they wanted to really pursue the the recording artist side of it um and that just didn't i was i didn't believe in the project actually okay so it wasn't yeah. uh, it still wasn't the uh the rock out uh, uh, Alex that we were waiting to see. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't my dream. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't your dream. But <laughs> what's, what's cool is what what you articulated there is a lot of people don't realize when they see working musicians, session musicians, even event and mm-hmm. you know, you guys are like walking fake books. You you, you yeah yeah. You, the not the amount of songs that are in your head and in your sure. hands is unbelievable. So that's that experience is yeah. invaluable. I would imagine just doing all this. Totally. And then yeah. you can do it in any key and and anywhere you, with anybody, and that's yeah, incredibly valuable. So when you get out of that band, what was the next step for you? Where did you go? So at that point, I moved um, back to New York. And which, you know, my family was still there. So I moved back home uh, in the Hudson Valley. And I still didn't think like I was going <laughs> to pursue guitar. So I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do next. But I talked to um, a friend of mine named Chris Bono, who's a guitarist. Um, and I, I knew him from, um, from working at a guitar camp, a summer camp. And he was a teacher there. And he always, like... Um, he was he became kind of a mentor to me and we still we're still friends and we have played we play gigs together once in a while (laughs) but um anyway so i talked to him on the phone and he he was like you know encouraging about me just going for it like to to do this side man thing and i i was kind of like you really though like you think i could be a side man he was like yeah he's like what do you do you have do you have a car payment? <laughs> and I was like, what? Do you, have, do you have a car payment? Like, do you need to cover expenses right now? I know you're living at home. And I was like, no, 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 I, that's fine. I'm cool. He was like, okay, great. So, so look at the village voice wow. and, you know, just open it up and look and see who's playing. Look for songwriter showcases and go, like go at least like three nights a week in hmm. the city and just like go listen to people and talk to whoever's around and like 
maybe give your business card and just just meet people. So I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> you know, it just seemed like why not? Right. I was, you know. You were free. But yeah, I was like. He was checking to make sure. It's like, 20 th- 23 years old. Right. And like, I didn't, you know, and I was like in a fortunate position to not be like, right, to not like, oh my God, I have a car payment. And right. So, so I got a waitressing job at a Japanese steakhouse <laughs> in Poughkeepsie, New York. Sweet. Yeah. And I waited tables maybe four nights a week, and, uh, and I went to the city the other nights. Wow. And you just started networking oh. and meeting other musicians. And, and uh, yeah. are, you, are, you, are you sort of selective as to what you're going to see at that point? You're like, oh, I want to check that out. Or, or like, what are the kinds of circles of music that you're, you're looking at at that point? That's a great question. I try. Um, I, I do I, my best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was mostly looking for songwriters. Mm. So songwriter showcases, they do. They would do stuff at the Bitter End. Um, <laughs> sometimes Cornelia Street Cafe, which I don't... Is that still... I don't know. I'm I don't know what's... I, oh, okay. Now, especially, I don't know what's around anymore. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think other places. You know, like Arlene's Grocery. Okay. Um, yeah. Just, and just, just mostly song, singer-songwriter showcases. And just listening and, and, and watching people do their thing and then introducing yourself yeah. kind of thing. And just yeah. increasing your circles. So when's the first, yeah. what's the first phone calls that come out of this? Like who who wants to to jam with you? Who wants to play with so you? So that, right. <laughs> um, so a couple of people who I kind of met from going to that. Um, one person was a songwriter who lived in Westchester County. Um, which is, for those of you who, um, it's the county north just outside of the city. And actually, that's where I live now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so this singer-songwriter told me, you know, there's a lot of, since you live in the Hudson Valley, like there's so so many uh, open jams in Westchester County. And, you know, I know this singer who runs a jam, and it would be great if I could see if she'll let you sit in and play some songs with the house band as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to just, like, being called in, right. like, to, to jam with other people. So um, it kind of just stemmed like that, and he, he recommended, like, jams to check out in Westchester. So I started doing that, which was outside of the city and not necessarily so connected to the scene, right. I would say, and I came to learn. But I did meet a lot of musicians there um, and started playing with bands in Westchester. That gave me the opportunity to perform a lot more, right. like, in addition to, like, having been on the road, um, you know, and, and they were, you know, like, just do, like, $100 gigs, right, like, more sure. often. So that was that was great. Um, I met a guitar player named uh, and singer named Greg Hoy, who I'm also still friends with. And he was the first person that hired me to play as part of, like, an original band okay. in the city. And, and what was the kind of music you were doing? Rock. Rock, just straight you know. up rock, yeah. Yeah, indie rock, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So he called me for, I'm trying to remember where the first gig I played with. I don't know. We played at Arlene's Grocery and some, you know, um, I know CBGB's wasn't there anymore, yeah. but um, Our Bar and Crash Mansion. I don't know if they're still there yeah, now. The city's different now, you know. It's uh, <laughs> so crazy. So at this point, has it sunk yeah. into your head that, oh, okay, I guess I'm a guitar player. 
It, yeah, <laughs> it's it started to it started to. I mean, it was still like a long way to go, right. like from right. <laughs> trying, you know, like planting the seeds and just um, everything stemming from right. from you know just meeting people here and there. Now let me ask you this: I'm going to go off on a little tangent here before we get into because yeah. you eventually end up. We're going to get you to Broadway. That's pretty exciting. And uh, playing with Cindy Lauper's band, and and uh, you did the Meredith Vieira TV show thing. Yeah, so you've had yeah, some huh. you've had some really fun gigs. But um, but just as an, a tangent here for a second, mm-hmm. what were did you have heroes? Like were there were there guitar heroes that you had? Was it the Eddie Van Halen's and Steve Vai's and stuff of that era, or were, like who were your heroes? Sure. Um, I I mean I was. Definitely a huge fan of Eddie Van Halen's, for sure. I was... I was really into Smashing Pumpkins, actually. Interesting. <laughs> like, like obsessed with them, um, and and Billy Corgan is actually like an amazing guitar player. And I think I read somewhere that you got to play with him at some point, right? I did. Yeah, I did once. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I was more into just like maybe not obsessed with guitar players specifically, okay. but. But the the music, like the radio, pop music, just the overall thing, like and how the guitar contributed to that. Right. So if I had to pick um, guitar players to that I that were my heroes, I would say Eddie Van Halen, Billy Corrigan, um, Stevie Ray Vaughan for uh, sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. So. Uh... Oh, and you know, and then later, like. Um, Dominic Miller, of course, uh, is he's Sting's guitar player, mm. and as I would say, like as a side musician, like I, as what I do now, he's been uh, such an inspiration. Why is that? I'm a big what, fan. What is the, What is it about? Oh, I mean, just again for for the moron that I am, give me the you, difference. No. Give me the give me the difference between uh, these types of characters. You know, the, 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 the Eddie Van Halen type stuff, and and. What are you talking about now with Sting's guitar? Sure. Um, well, I think Dominic Miller is an amazing guitarist, like has the ability to do very impressive technical things. Yeah. But he plays as uh, a, a true side musician that supports whatever vision the artist has. So in this case, Sting, sure. um, who he's worked with since, I think, 91 was the first album he was on. So really long time now. But, um, you know, where the like the artist has a vision of what they want to create and someone who can like put aside whatever ego they may have about saying something, you know, like, right, um, right. like look at me, but rather just enhancing what the artist's vision is. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar in, uh, on my side of the fence when when uh, directors collaborate with cinematographers and it's you know there's a certain look that you need to tell the story certain lenses you use for certain things certain color correction you do later i mean there's way there's a story you're trying to tell and everything has to support that so regardless yeah. of what everybody's vision as an individual artist is 
it has to support the story that's under it. So that's kind of what the same thing. If the artist is is saying something on that album, on that record, and you're there to facilitate that vision in some way. Absolutely. Especially, yes. And and, and it's I like that analogy with the cinematography yeah. because um, just, yeah, just visually how things appear with, you know, <laughs> that create yeah. that story. And uh, as a side guitar player, like they, we do that sonically right. um, and with pedals and different sounds and it's just really, you can really tell a story. And I read, uh, I, I don't do very much research, but I, I picked a, a few things and there was one line I saw you wrote in an article somewhere uh, about rhythm guitar playing and how it's like for, for a lot of guitar players, it's like eating your vegetables. You know, it's like, well, well you know, I got to do it, but, you know, uh, it, it doesn't have that showcase of the, you know, shredding right. that solo. But talk about that uh, aspect of the craft, you know, the idea of yeah. supporting the rest of the piece. Oh, man, I, I love playing rhythm guitar. <laughs> I love it. Um, I mean, really, like you're 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 like the drummer when you're when you're playing rhythm guitar. You're and the bass player. You're really like the combination, but the marriage between those two aspects, um, where you're laying down the groove. And when you feel confident about that, about playing rhythm, it's it's like you're driving the train, and wow. and and it can make the singer feel very confident, which often they're not. You know, and so playing rhythm, you have that ability to be like, it's right here. Like, follow me. I won't let you down. Right. No. And and you you said it's like sort of the combination of, of being the drummer and the bass player. But when you're playing yeah. rhythm, is there this sort of, you know, especially in a band like that where it's a four or five people where you're in marriage with that drummer who's keeping the time? Absolutely. There's like, Absolutely. There's like a real groove yeah. that's explain what that feels sure. like and how you do that yeah that's a that's a great question um <laughs> I, <laughs> um i feel like when i'm playing guitar so i'm i'm right-handed so my right hand is the actual picking strumming hand right. um and for me that's that's like what it looks like when you watch a drummer playing the hi-hat sure. or the ride cymbal mm -hmm. it's that same thing so like if they're if we're playing a rock song and they're playing eighth notes which are one and two and three and four and that's going to be the same subdivision that i'm playing on rhythm guitar and with a great drummer you know you don't need to like watch that happen necessarily to really lock in right but but it can be fun to to watch what they're doing and to really lay into like any accent or nuance that like you know to right. match where they're maybe more by accenting i mean playing something slightly louder in volume um which creates groove actually right. you know like if if i just play like you know that's just even but if i go I'm playing the same right. rhythm technically, right. but accenting gives it a groove. Oh, you you have so articulated something I've been trying to wrap my head around. It's mm. it's, it's awesome because, like I said, I, I just did one with this jazz drummer, and yeah. uh, you know he was hired to to score a film of mine. He was playing in the band, and the the guy, the composer, guitar player who said, you got to get this guy, you got to use him. And I was asking, why, why did he say that? Why did he have to use you? And he's like, well, 
He's like, if I, he's like, there's a dynamic in how you do these things. And he said, and it, it's just, you know, if, if my hand is hitting the symbol like this, but I turn it like this, it's a different tonality. And like you said, there's a, there's a nuance to all of these things that creates the groove. And yes. that, that, the way you just described that, just totally, I totally get it. And that's cool. neat. That must be an electric feeling for you as a musician when you're in that syncopated moment, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. That's why, <laughs> to me, like, I, I don't know, I'd rather do that all day than take a solo, actually. What are some of the, the fun, can you, can you pick out some moments, probably hard with, with your career, where, where you can zone in on one you know, particular groove that was like, oh, man, when we did that with that person, that was like, can you think of any like that? Sure. Um, well, I, okay, so I play with this artist, Toshi Regan, who is a longtime, uh, I, I'll say New York hero, <laughs> but Toshi is, has, you know, has a huge following and has been uh, an international artist. But um, Toshi Regan plays uh, every year, has done a, a birthday series at Joe's Pub every January. She does five shows and they all sell out. <laughs> which is really hard to do. Um, and I'm trying to think, she, I think she's done it for 30 years mm -hmm. there. Anyway, so that being said, um, I always have the opportunity to play with great musicians, with Toshi. And the last few years, it's been primarily a trio of um, myself and Ganessa James on bass, who's she's a great bass player, and Allison Miller, uh, who's an amazing drummer. And I feel like we play a lot of grooves together um, in rehearsal even, like forget the performance, but just like when we're playing, rehearsing, it's, it's a special thing, like where we're just like right, you just grooving. Feel yeah. And we've played together so much that we really, we really know each other, you know, personally, but musically, you right. know. Right. Now here's a, here's another, I heard just another little tangent I can go off on there because there's mm -hmm. two things. There's the, there's. There's working together, and by the way, thank goodness the uh, the leaf blower guy decided to take a break. I'm sorry, <laughs> I know <laughs> I was going to say something, but then I thought no, it's well, okay. You know, it's it's part of the tech. It's the texture of of where we live. I live on Long Island. I'm surprised uh, they're not doing it outside my door too. So, you know, that's what happens when the landscapers come around this time of year. <laughs> Spring cleanup. Uh, exactly. But don't forget, don't worry about it. Um, it's part of the fun. So uh, there's there's you know working together. Uh, you know, as as musicians together recording or, or rehearsing or, or, or jamming, but then you add the audience. Mm -hmm. And what does that do to the groove and the performance? Because you're not only in sync with the the people on stage with you, but there's an energy of live theater that's happening there. Totally. Um, hmm. Does well, it it's exciting. You, does it change the way you play? Does it influence the actual craft of what you're doing at the moment? Or are you locked in? Is there a fourth wall or are you part of it? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that we're, we are locked in and there is that, there is that like nervous energy often. I'm sure that you as an actor feel this too, where sometimes like you do things that you couldn't have, wouldn't have and couldn't have planned. Right. Um, 
you know, and maybe you wouldn't, you wouldn't have wanted to do <laughs> like, had you planned it, yeah. but it's that, you know, just that extra element of surprise. So feeling the nervous energy maybe from the audience and the, the, in the moment, uh, aspect where you may do some, yeah, I'm trying to think of a more specific example. That's okay. But it's, it's, it's literally the, the truth of what the audience is bringing. They're bringing the, yeah. the live truth that's happening. So right. when you do something, it resonates with them and they react and then right. produces, I would think, a reaction in you as well. You know, you, either, totally. you know, you bend that note maybe just a little longer or something. I don't know. I mean, exactly. You know. No, that's a, yes, you're right. And sometimes you go for things out of that energy that, that you feel like, I mean, I've done that a lot. Like I, I want to go with that energy and I do something that I feel doesn't work, you know, like, okay, that was dumb or something. <laughs> right. But then sometimes I listen back to the recording. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, it sounds real. It sounds right. Yeah, you the, know, like I was with with the audience. Yeah, maybe. the truth doesn't doesn't hide. It eventually finds you somewhere on, on stage mm -hmm. and, uh, and with the audience. Um, what's some of the biggest uh, audiences you've gotten to play in front of, and what's that vibe like? The biggest oh, there is the biggest audience that I've gotten to play with, and I'm sure will ever play for. It was the Women's March on Washington in uh, 2017. Wow. wow. Yeah. So you're talking. Um, I think they say that was like the biggest gathering. <laughs> they say of <laughs> yeah. people ever, um, and, where, and they think where, it was. Where were you situated? Like, where did you play? So I played in the house band on the main stage. The whole I was standing on the stage the whole time. Wow. So like, if you see, you know, um, Ashley Judd's "I'm a Nasty Woman" speech, you see my face <laughs> right wow, behind her. That's so so cool. I was there. Um, but yeah, on, on the mall, there was, I don't know, they don't know how many people were there, but wow. at least 500,000, anywhere between that and a million. Holy shit. So when like, you, it's just as far as you can see. So when you walk out onto that and strap that thing on your shoulder, it's like, what the, f you know, like, what is this? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. It's incredible. It was crazy. Yeah. Actually, we, we didn't know how big it was going to be. Right. And um, and it wasn't quite like that because we got there very early. It was like six in the morning okay. and sound checked and played like right away. Right. And as the day went on, it became bigger and bigger and more people came in. And then I was getting texts from friends and family like, I'm watching you on CNN right now. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, we didn't even know that it was going to be right. an event that was on every channel. And wow. And, and I no idea. And uh, can you feel it the same way? Because is the distance between you and, the, and that humongous crowd too great? Like, is there like are they closer? Like, I don't know. How yeah, to... I mean, I I could feel you it. You could feel it, sure. Especially okay. like what it was, and it was it was really wow. oh, incredible feeling. And what were some of the yeah. things that you played that uh, that rocked the crowd? Yeah, um, I played a song with the Indigo Girls among other things, um, a song called Go, which was a lot of fun. Mm. We played a song with Janelle Monae, um, and I actually played a drum on that song because it was it was percussive and not so, um, you know, there wasn't like harmony. Right, right. So that was really exciting That's too. awesome. Uh, the, the, oh, the, man. Oh, Alicia Keys. We play, I'm like, I feel like I'm forgetting Yeah, somebody, somebody important. important. <laughs> yeah. 
we played part of um, Girl on Fire. Mm. So we played the chorus with her, right. which was very cool. And are you thinking in something like that, like visions of Woodstock come through your head? Are you like, no. are you like, holy shit, this <laughs> is my, no, 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 you're not thinking about Woodstock. No. I mean, that was huge. You know, you're seeing 500,000 people. Oh, of course it was huge. Yeah. I no. I mean, wow. I don't know. It didn't feel like that. Wow. It, well, the vibe obviously a little different, but the crowd, yeah. the crowd size was pretty amazing. Sure. That's sure. very cool. All right. So let's, let's move ahead a little bit. And, um, so are you, then do you become sort of this career kind of sideman character where you're, you're just playing with, with different artists and recording mm -hmm. with different artists? Or when did you hook up like um, with Cindy Lauper later on where you were in a band touring around? Or like how does your career kind of find its way there? Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's see. From the time I started networking in the city, that was... Um, Right. I'm trying to think like 2007. Okay. I did a couple things between, between that time and now, um, I'm trying to think in 2008, I played with, um, someone contacted me about like YouTube videos and said, we want you to play with this country, young country artist and double as a chaperone. Cause she's a teenager. Aww. So I did that for 18 months. So that was a thing where I flew. I was still living in New York, but I would fly about every week to um, a, like Seattle, let's say. And then we would go and perform at the radio stations in Seattle uh, for the for the program directors right. and where they were trying to promote her single, sure. basically. So we would do that, take them out to lunch, you know. We do a few radio stations and then I fly home. So then we go to like, you know, Southern California and right. do like the so, round so, there. So were you like, all right, what qualifications do I need to be a chaperone? <laughs> 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 it's like I yeah. can play guitar, but I don't know about the chaperone part, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I didn't have to do anything. I just had to stay with her. You know, right, right. it wasn't, it didn't, yeah, make it sure wasn't she, a big deal. Make sure she ate her vegetables and whatnot. <laughs> no. no, I mean there were other people sure. there. It I'm, just, I'm you know, you. yeah, no, I know, I know. <laughs> I would have enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so I did. So I did that um, for well, a little less than a year, and then I just continued to get called to do yes, to do gigs where um, you know, like one set of music. Right. Um, or for an artist, so I would be constantly learning their set lists. So I have like a, you know, a, a big folder bin of still now like wow. of with files for every artist that I played with wow. and the charts, which is important because sometimes years later you get called for a gig with somebody, and I'm like, I'm glad I don't have to rechart out all the music wow. for this artist. Wow. So, so, is it, yeah, so, so was it always live performances? Did you ever get called in to do recording session type mm -hmm. stuff? You did. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Both. And, you know, most of the work comes from referrals. So when you do one gig with somebody, they might recommend you if you did a good job to right. their, to their friends. Right. So after a while, you kind of just get to know more and more people on the scene and get called for different things. And that's pretty in the, much in the, that's this whole, yeah. that's the whole business 
Yeah. My business, sure. your business, it's all, it's all just referral. Who knows who, who can fill in, who can do this, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yep. So when when did the um, – let's get you to uh, the, yeah. the the Cindy Lauper time period. Um, is that, that – yep. that's fairly recent, right? 2016. 2016. The Cindy. So in 2014, I got called to play on the Meredith Vieira that show. Was the, that was first. Okay, let's do that yeah. one first. Yeah. So what was that about? Yep. That's, a, that's a whole different kind of gig, a TV uh, accompanist, you know, band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I um I got called um through Everett Bradley, who is the percussionist and singer for um but now he's playing with Bon Jovi the last few years. But he at the time he was playing with Bruce Springsteen. Wow. So yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. A couple of New Jersey kids, who cares? <laughs> exactly. Right. So so Everett called me, um, also referral based. I didn't know Everett at all, um, and they <laughs> he left a voicemail that I've actually saved all this time because like changed my life. But he um, he left me this voicemail saying, "Hey, like, uh, just want to know what you're doing today, <laughs> and um, I just want to talk to you about like a possible TV show that I'm working on. Give me a call." So I called him, and he was like, "How soon can you be at NBC?" Wow. I was like. Um, like, while well, I'm at a rehearsal now, like, I don't, I have a gig tomorrow night. I don't know. No. And he was like, well, if you can, if you can just sub it out somehow, <laughs> you know, wow. and just get over here. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're about to start a TV show and the person that we had playing guitar isn't working. So we need to like make right. an immediate change. So that's what happened. So I left my rehearsal. I went into 30 Rock and didn't know anything about what was happening. So anyway, so Meredith Vieira was, uh, they were starting her daytime talk show and she wanted to have uh, a band, a house band, right. which is not commonly done. I guess Kelly Clarkson's doing it now. Oh, like, is that right? On her show, yeah, they have a house the band. daytime yeah. shows didn't have that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they probably, they. I think they don't want to pay for it because it's not necessary. Right. It's not, you know, yeah. but Meredith's super cool. And she just, she, uh, she wanted the set to look like her house and she wanted music right. in it, you know? So they got Everett Bradley, um, to be the band leader. And then they wanted all females in the band. Okay. Then. So I went there. Um, he had me play some of the charts, see if I could like read the music and, and just, you know, he threw things at me and he wanted to see how I could handle them quickly. Can you play me like a Jimi Hendrix <laughs> vibe on this song? Like, sure. So I was also changing sounds. Right. Wanted to see how I could do that. Um, and it worked out. That's so cool. How, how long did that yeah. gig go for? How long was her show? Was it... it, they did two seasons. Two seasons. Um, yeah. So, so so now we're talking television, which is a whole other animal. Everything moves very quickly, as you yep. saw right off the bat from your hiring. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, you have to be ready yeah. to drop everything in 30 seconds when you're exactly. doing television. Um, so what was that schedule like for you as a musician? Was it one of these, I got to get up at four in the morning to get? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So Pretty much. I mean, not quite that, but right. um, yeah, our call time was seven, mm-hmm. which is not bad, actually. But we were in hair and makeup right at seven. <sighs> Jeez. And then we would film two shows. We would do one at 10 o'clock and one at 2 o'clock. And the one at 10 
was at some at some times that show was live too. Mm. Okay. So And she had a live, was, she had a studio audience? Yes, okay. studio oh, audience. Cool. Yeah, we were in Studio 6A, which is um for those of you who have done a tour of NBC or have worked in NBC, um it's actually across the hallway from Jimmy Fallon's show from the Tonight Show uh with the Roots and they're yes. in 6B. Right. Yeah. So what, uh, so, I mean, you're basically playing in and out of breaks, I would guess, right? And, and doing some stuff for the studio audience. But did you have, did you ever have guests come in and sit in and, and, and do stuff with you? Hmm. We, uh, yeah, I guess we did. Yeah, of course. Yes, we did. We did have musical guests. We had like Tommy Two Tone randomly and we played eight six seven five three oh nine Jenny with him. That's, so that was cool for me awesome. because as a guitar player because I got to play all those riffs. I know. Yeah. Fun. I mean what's fun about you is uh the people, the stuff you're doing for me anyway, this is the you know, where I get a kick out of it, is you like your jagged little pill. You know, that that's my, you know, youth, my yeah. Mid twenties, uh, Cindy Lauper is my you know uh, when I'm high school or junior high school you know like you're you're playing all the people that uh, <laughs> that I listen to, and it's pretty wild and and you did too as well because of your sister right I mean exactly. this is the kind of stuff mm -hmm. that you were infused with as a kid and now you're playing oh, yeah. with them, and playing those tunes it's got to be wild for you. It is sometimes yeah when I step back from it I'm like wow that's crazy. Yeah. Wow, so out of the out of the Mary of Vieira show um, yes is that where we get now what's you're looking for your next gig or you still go back to the sideman kind of lifestyle I wasn't looking at that point I was still getting called for other things outside of the, the show and actually throughout that time our schedule was early in the day you know like like I said my call time was seven we would be done by 3 30 or 4 mm -hmm. so I was still playing gigs at oh, night cool. sometimes you know um, I was now in a position where I didn't have to say yes, <laughs> you know, to things I didn't want to do, which was really nice. But, um, but anyway, so yeah, so after, when that show ended, I was still doing all the things I had been doing um, and teaching on the side to recording. Uh, privately thing. or were you part of the, mm -hmm. yeah, just yeah, private teaching people. privately. Yep. Which is what I did, you know, primarily leading up to all of this uh, to make money. Right. No, teaching is always a great way to do that for musicians. And aside from from supplementing the income, do you like it? Do you like instructing? I do. I do. I mean, of course, I I enjoy teaching students that care and <laughs> are you know uh, in practice and right. are you know just interested in it uh, more than <laughs> the opposite of that. Right. But uh, but yeah, I do. It's it's rewarding. I I taught acting very briefly for a while I had a little studio for a while where I, I, go, I could only do adults because I I just can't teach children it's, it's a whole other thing with acting it's, it becomes more improvisational games and things with kids and I don't deal with children so okay I, 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 you know, I was just never good with them so uh, so I taught adults but I loved I loved it because like you said when there's a passion when they when mm -hmm. they really want to explore something mm -hmm. there's something great about seeing where the light is off, where they don't mm -hmm. get it, and then the light comes on, and they do get it. The, I would imagine you get the same thing. Absolutely, yeah, it's exciting, yes. Yep. So for you, what does that materialize, what does that look like? 
is it you know some chord progression or some they they go home and learn a song and come back and play it for like what is the, what does that look like when for you it can be um i feel like seeing the light bulb go off happens a lot in just understanding concepts mm. um you know sometimes it's like little theory music theory stuff like building a major scale or like just little fundamentals but um a lot of guitar players don't connect that with playing physically playing mm. so i think when you see people start to understand what they're playing uh, it's uh that's a cool moment so the 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 connection of the theory yeah. to the practice yeah. Is... yeah and it can be light theory but again like just just the understanding you know right right why this sounds like this why this works yes. like that exactly that, that's neat all right so let's let's get cindy in yeah. here because i don't want to keep yeah, it too yeah, long. yeah. So let's, no, let's, no 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 yes. <laughs> sorry i know um so how did that right, come okay. into your life right so the show ends um and and same actually kind of the same way i got called for the meredith show i got called for cindy so i get an email one day from cindy's manager saying hey um what are your plans in the next few months <laughs> you know <laughs> i managed some different acts she was very vague Right. about what it was um so i just wrote back and said uh yeah sure i'd, I'd love to hear about your project you know <laughs> whatever so she calls me and she's saying the question how um how soon can you be at sir um and i was like half an hour <laughs> she's like all right well let's say let's say in three hours um just you know i manage cindy lopper she has a tour coming up that starts in 10 days and wow. uh, we need to make an immediate replacement. Wow. And uh, you come highly recommended. And so can you learn time, money, and girls? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like, as in like time after time. Right, right. <laughs> you know, just, sure. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I got my shit together, got wow. ready, uh, played through the songs. Right, listened time to, out, time yeah. out, time out, time out. So what is going through your head? When, <laughs> first of all you're like all right for the next 10 months i'm going to be doing this if i get this and it's also it's cindy lopper this yeah. is this is part of your youth part of part of the musical that's got to be a lot of stuff going through your head there totally the, i mean part part of that when that stuff happens is that like in theory you want to do it right <laughs> like but it's also a huge decision that you're supposed to make immediately like right. right in this moment right. so and in the meantime get ready and be good and you know like not think about that because you have to perform um so it's it's i mean i was kind of like um you know my girlfriend was there like she, we, we lived together and when i was having this conversation i'm like cindy lopper i mean i have to do it right <laughs> <laughs> not that i didn't want to like right. please like don't think no, that absolutely um, um, but it, again, it's just like, okay, do I want to go on tour with Cindy Lauper for the rest of the year? Right. That's, do I want to leave? Like, it's yeah. it's always it's always like yeah. It's a, I mean, right big from decisions. right from school, it was the same with you. It was like, all right, so right. Uh, for the next, can you come down to Nashville and and suddenly change your entire life? Okay. Exactly. Can you yeah. come to Thirty Rock and suddenly change your entire life? Can you right. <laughs> come down here and come on tour and do that? So that's pretty exactly. And you, and you have to make those decisions and and not be afraid of where life is going to take you. You just gotta. Yeah. Is that the kind of person? Do you think 
because now we're seeing a theme that this is these this is the way your life has gone in certain turns did you see yourself that way do you think of yourself that way where it's like you're quick to kind of jump off that branch no <laughs> i don't think i no i'm not i like you know which is probably good because if i had the opportunity to think about it more and just like and really plan it i'm like methodical and i like preparation and mm. i don't like you know um so maybe being forced to do it was the best thing because right maybe i wouldn't have done certain things right. you know so when you go down there to audition how that are you auditioning for with her and her band or how's that work yeah yeah so they were actually in a rehearsal already so um same thing kind of like when i went to nbc just like okay just put your stuff here and let's play so um so i played through time after time girls just want to have fun and money changes everything with the band uh she didn't sing she was she i i met her and then she left the room sure and i played uh for them and then bill whitman who is um their bass player, musical director, and he he's Cindy's engineer. He recorded She's So Unusual. So oh, wow. he's worked with her for a very long time and been heavily involved in, in most things that she's done. Wow. So um, he was teaching me all the parts because he was there when they recorded them. Sure. And, you know. So, uh, yeah, so those songs he was happy with those and um and then he continued to teach me the rest of the set for their tour so and then they were like do you have a passport it was just like moving really quickly so it was kind of in at that point you know um so once you get in and you're and yeah and now you're part of the band for this tour yeah i mean i'm curious i mean are i are you learning things about yourself about music about you know that level of of artist i mean is it is it a new kind of experience for you um mm, that's a good question too um i hmm i mean i would say it was a familiar feeling in that initially you have to focus so um so much just to to learn the the role, right? Like right. for like being an actor, like I'm sure, um, yeah. Where I was just kind of thrown into the situation, and now I have to learn all of this music and like learn how to do it well. And just you're so you're so highly focused that you kind of can't think about right anything else for for a little bit, right? Which is nice. Yeah, yeah. You got a <laughs> you got a job to do, and you want to do it at a high level that is is expected. Yeah. But as yeah. you're getting, as you go then on, you, yeah, as you right. become friendly and you're working together and collaborating, yeah. it must be interesting to see that perspective. Absolutely. Like, did yes. Cindy's experience as an artist give you any stuff? Like, did you learn things about that whole scene, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one thing that Cindy does that's beautiful is that she always she wants things to be a little different she you know we of course we learn the songs and in general we we do them in a certain way but she always wants that element of surprise like Mm. always that nervous energy she likes moments of silence where you feel uncomfortable she wants she's a true artist that's great 
So it, it's all, it's still exciting and, and it can be, it can be frustrating as someone who, you know, likes to prepare and do all those things. So, but, uh, I've definitely learned a lot from her in that regard. of the moment you know see yeah. just whatever she can yep. throw in there and what if i uh, always thought you know she's a huge pop star and everything but what an amazing voice just oh. pure like a pure vocalist talent incredible 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 she still like blows i mean I, she blows me away yeah. like every time and she works her ass off she 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 still takes vocal lessons and does you know full warm-ups all the time and she's right. she works her ass off yeah. that's what people don't see you right. know yeah and i would imagine uh, that you know a lot about that yourself as there's you know the discipline to yeah. know all the things you know you know you're mm -hmm. not not just getting up there and, and and strumming a couple of chords it's you know there's such such hard work that's gone into crafting what you know how to do sure mm -hmm. people don't see that you know, and right. they, and they, should. Right. they don't realize how, how, how much work artists put into the actual craft to produce the art. Um, yeah. So are you still, do you still guys, do you still play with Cindy? Or do you I do. Yeah. Um, I didn't do, they went on a tour um, to Japan when Jagged Little Pill was starting. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't able to do that. Uh, but I've done, you know, I think that was the last tour. That was the last tour she's done. Okay. 2019 so i but i do you know one-offs and uh we did a lot of recording this past year even in the pandemic um we did a lot of like campaign videos for joe biden and nancy okay. pelosi now do you when you're working in that kind of environment obviously it's like you said she likes surprises and things and, and there's sort of a set way that they that she and the band have done their thing but do you get to contribute things as you go along where they're like well you know, they're seeing what you can do and what you can bring. And you're like, hey, let me do this. Let me try that. Are there things like that that happen? Yeah, in a, in a certain way. I think, you know, when you're working with an artist, you have to be careful about what you offer, <laughs> you sure. know, like to not not come off like you're you're trying to. I don't know. Right. You know, <laughs> step on their toes. Right. But artistically, you can offer things, you know, I would think at some point where you're like. Absolutely. Yeah. And she she wants. She wants that for sure. And like, she usually has to make that clear, I think, for people because, you know, because because we would lead with caution. Right. Um, but then she'll try to pull it out of you and right. not not always in the, you know, <laughs> not always right, in the good. most polite way. Good. I but like that's, this. That's OK. That's, that's so what, what it is. So you know? what if you can think of an example of is it is it within a song, within a within a riff within a or do this here or that like what what are the some of the things where you felt you contributed something really cool or interesting to the something that was already set you know that kind of a yeah um 
We, well, we, um, when we play time after time, she likes me to stand next to her when we start it. And she usually plays the intro on uh, a dulcimer. So, like, she, that sits oh, in front of flat. her. And, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. It's like a steel guitar kind of thing, right? Isn't it or something? Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a three string horizontal, mm-hmm. you could say, guitar. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so she likes to play uh, time after time and true colors on that. And she, so for time, she likes me to stand next to her and she starts the intro and then she wants me to kind of like play along with her. And, um, we've gone through different, uh, different variations of that. And so I feel like that, that can become a little bit collaborative and, but most of all, she wants it to be like a special moment. That's awesome. That must feel great yeah. to to, oh, yeah. to contribute that way as an artist where you're... Totally, yeah. All right, so before we get to... Uh, you mentioned Jagged Little Pill. Before we get mm-hmm. to the Broadway experience, um, yep. your partner, again, um, I'm yeah. not good with names. What's your partner's name? Mishti. Now, you guys play, right? You're, you you guys yeah. are, are a, a duo, or do you have a, a little band? And when, when did she come into your life, and what is the kind of stuff yeah. that you guys are doing? So we started dating, I'm trying, we were acquaintances um, as guitarists for a while, and then um, uh, we started dating in 2013, so almost almost eight years. There you go. Yeah, um, and she she has her own project, so I, I work with her on it. I wouldn't say it's a duo, okay. it's her music, um, and she's really badass. She plays yeah. guitar, um, not like I, we're very, very different. Um, she plays with this like amazing, reckless, abandoned <laughs> energy, which I could never do. Like, I, it's just like the opposite of what I would ever do. That's really cool, and I I've been when we record her music I've been producing it and uh, you know helping arrange the songs. Okay. And so yeah. so when so she's is she writing uh, music and lyrics? Or are you can are, are you writing with her? I mean, how does that how does it work when a a, a producer musician works with a singer songwriter like that? How do you guys do it? In our case, um, a lot of these songs she had written before. Um, and some of the newer ones, um, she has like ideas for like a verse and a chorus and I, I would say I help her arrange it. So I would call myself more of an editor I than a you. co-writer. Right. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll take like, this is, uh, this is a great idea, but let's make the chords a little bit different here. You know, things like that. It okay. does, it's still like her writing. Right. Do you ever, um, as a, as a musician writer yourself, do you ever get a melody in your head or something where you're like, we got to try this. Can we try this? Let's do this. I would say I'm not, I mean, it does, that doesn't come as naturally to me. I feel, uh, I, I, yeah, I would say feel more, it's, it's cl- clearer. Is that a word? Is it more clear? You could use either one with me. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm a total um, moron. So it works either yeah. way. Fine <laughs> on my show. <laughs> it's a lot more clear to me 
to revise that creativity than then pull it out of thin air. Got it. That's, you know, Got which it. I think is a lot of why I, I feel more called to work as a side musician and, and help do that, like create the, that vision, then come out, come up with it. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I fall somewhere in between because uh, I do write and I've written screenplays and I've written things and I write poetry and things like that. Um, wow. but the, but the gig is the gig is the acting. That's the fun one. The, the, right, the hard right. work is the writing and the, and the creating and the filmmaking stuff. But if you give me the script and I just have to right. bring life to it, that's a lot more fun because it's, you know, right. I just have to find the truth in that. I don't have to, don't have to pull sure. it out of, out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. Right. I know for some people it's not the case. Well, for some people, I <laughs> envy like. the ones where it just spills it, where they can't not do it. Incredible. Yeah. Um, I had uh, John Hampson on here as the guy from Nine Days, the singer songwriter from Nine Days who had they had that one hit. Uh, oh, Story yeah, of a Girl. Story of a Girl. And he yeah. and he's like that where he uh-huh. he talked about how that song came and how the music comes to him. Like it's wow. words and melodies all at the same time. Like, how does that even ha- like how do you. So I'm always fascinated with where the stuff comes from for you guys, because it's very different than like what we do so yeah. all right so jagged little pill let's yes. get let's get here alanis morissette mm-hmm. and a broadway version of her music which they do a lot now a lot of these broadway shows are these sort of musical anthologies that they string a story through exactly um, yeah and how did that how did that find you how did you find that um so i had been the way broadway works with musicians is the shows are contracted by a few different people, like a few main contractors. Um, I'm not sure if that, I guess that's probably like casting people. I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it relates, but yeah, I don't, I don't know anything. Oh, the the music part of Broadway. I don't know. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so basically they know when they're going to do a show, they know that they're the instrumentation and then a contractor like is a person that handles the hiring of the musicians. So those people know a pool of musicians and they draw from that. So I had been uh, contacted maybe two or three times about other shows um, and potentially doing those and they didn't Broadway work shows. out. Yeah. Okay. One of, one of them was Waitress um, and... Another was Head Over Heels, the Mm. Go-Go's show. And um, for different reasons, they didn't work out. But when I was contacted about Jagged Little Pill, and, you know, I'm a huge Alanis fan. And, you know, I got Jagged Little Pill for Christmas in 95. (laughs) Santa was good. He got you the guitar and Jagged Little Pill. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Totally. Yep. Yeah, so so I, you know, any hesitation that I may have had about doing Broadway, which is, um, you know, doing eight shows a week and yeah. playing the same show every time, which is not like what Cindy Lauper is, right. you know. So any hesitation I may have had was kind of like set aside for the fact that it was Jagged Little Pill yeah. and like I would be able to play that music. Yeah. Um, so I said yes to that, and that started in 2019. And the, the end of uh, you guys are—I think you're on stage, right? Like you're, yes. like it's you're 
you're on you're in the show you, you are the show. Yes. You're on that's pretty cool yeah i mean you know not through the whole show but right. we're on basically we're on two moving platforms that are on the side of the stage half of the band is on one platform and the <laughs> other half and then sometimes we come together and right. sometimes so we're also like moving which is a little disorienting <laughs> It's like being in a, trying to do a dinner theater in a restaurant that turns around and around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, does that sound fun? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a blast. It sounds yeah. like a trip trip to the uh, the side of the ship, to puke over the side. Um, exactly. So yeah. when you get, and first of all, this is an interesting experience. Is it, did, mm-hmm. what is the first days of rehearsal like for a Broadway gig like that? Like, is it... You know, there are the actors and here are the, like, is it two different worlds or how are you working together? How does that work? Yeah. Well, for this particular show, for me, it was a different world. Um, And it still is, actually, (laughs) because I think it comes down to budget reasons, but they can't have the whole band rehearse with the show most of the time. Mm. So I, my first rehearsal was like, I don't know, a week before the first preview. Like, I hadn't even, like... Wow. I didn't know what the show was about. I didn't know anything. Um, so they only have, like, a few people rehearse with the cast other outside of, you know... Right. Yeah, normally. So that's common. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so I started rehearsing with them and then started to see some of the scenes, and I was like, oh, wow, this is heavy. This is a heavy <laughs> show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what's interesting is uh, because you're a fan, right? Yeah. And you started what you what do you say like how many days before previews where you, you got into her? I mean, I feel like it was a week. Maybe it was maybe it was ten days. All right. Before so, previews. so ten days, and you're a fan of the album to begin with. Yeah. What the arrangements have to be different, right? It's got to be. Oh like, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like this isn't yep. really jagged little pill it's these are the songs but what was that like for you to to see that and adapt to the different kind of arrangement of these tunes yeah i mean i would well some things are a lot much like the original recording for instance if you're you're very familiar with the album then the whole album uh not the whole i mean i i'm a i like alanis but i don't remember all the songs on that album so, like, there's a song called um, Forgiven on that where the guitar intro is this kind of gnarly chorus, like, modulated sound. Right. And I get to play that um, in the show, and it's supposed to be like the album. Right. So a lot of that song, particular song sounds like the album. Right. Other songs, sometimes, like, we do a little, like, a little part of it. Yeah, I'm trying to think if anything's like extremely different yeah, is it, that is I play guitar wise. Is it Broadwayified? Like, is it because I haven't seen the show? Is it uh, because uh, Broadway singers are mm-hmm. different than rock singers? Yes, yes. I mean, it it is, it is. Like, for instance, <laughs> for instance, but but in a in, in a, a good way, yeah. and it makes sense. Um, the end of the show. We do, we play You Learn is the last song. Spoiler, sorry. Um, <laughs> is the, You Learn is the last song in the show. And it does the mo- like whole step modulation at the end, you know, takes it up and then they right. bring in another so- part of a song and overlap them. 
you know. Yeah, she brings and, in, uh, I think I saw a video, guys, you guys did a YouTube thing where she brings in thank you, right? Exactly, yes, exactly, yeah, in the new key. I, yeah. I know, and I think it's great. It is. Um, that would be like a very Broadway <laughs> way of doing that, yeah. I would say. But it makes sense. While you got got involved with the piece, what was Alanis' involvement? Did she, I guess, was she a producer on it? Did she come in and watch and think about and talk about things? Did you get to involve, get involved with her at all? I think she did um, when they were working on the show. I've never met Alanis Morissette. Really? Um, okay. Nope. So I would love to. Yeah. I'm sure she'll um, want to meet you. You know, just as, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. These are the circles um, you're in now, you know. It's that's yeah. you're just not gonna. That's so cool. Yeah. So yeah, I think she was part of the development of the show, and they did a they did a whole run in Boston um, before they opened on Broadway. And I know she was involved in those right. rehearsals. So you yeah. said to me to get us, and this brings us right back to the beginning. We'll wrap up in a couple of minutes, mm -hmm. but the uh, sure. you're thinking maybe the fall you'll get back to doing that again. I think so. Um, or earlier, but the, the I, actual, who knows? We just don't know right now with the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, maybe the fall, right? Yeah. I think, you know, everyone has to get vaccinated, and, and I'm not sure how they're going to restrict right. audiences. And, and how does that... It's hard to say. How does that affect other things you do? Because it is a gig. It's like a job, you know, eight right. days, seven days a week. You know, how does that affect other things you're working on? Right. Um, well, one one nice incentive, um, you know, for musicians to work on Broadway is that after there's an initial lock in period, which means that when you start a show, I think it's you have to do six weeks of all of the shows. So that meaning that you you can't be absent. You can't have like sub out, as we call it, okay. have another musician play the show. After that time, you can sub out 50 percent of the time. Sweet. and keep and keep your chair so that's why a lot of musicians like having that broadway gig because yeah. it's there you know it's like something that you can always do that's a great know. gig yeah that is a great gig. i didn't realize that that's yeah. awesome mm -hmm. so then you mm -hmm. get you can if something comes up you can kind of go do a, you can record here you can play a gig exactly there. that's very cool yep. so anything uh uh, just last couple of things. Anything out once we clear out of the first of all, the pandemic has probably been. I mean, it's been difficult for all of us in mm -hmm. so many ways. I I had this COVID thing a year ago, so that was a disaster. So uh, yeah. yeah, it was it's just awful. But mm -hmm. at the same time, we also. I, I assume you're like me, where we've gotten to kind of. Be at home and adjust, and work right. on things, and work on stuff that we didn't get to is, has that been a, your experience as well where you, you can work on totally 
Yeah, I've I've loved doing recordings for people at home, actually, <laughs> um, which I would do some of anyway. But now it's been a lot more. I don't know. I, I think that's a good way of putting it. Like we've definitely gotten used to this this rhythm. Right. Um, and hopefully we can, you know, find a way to combine both. Maybe, yeah. Right. And yeah. not be so like over like overextend ourselves when we go back to true and uh yeah there is something that about the human to human experience that we can't lose that i don't want i hope that this doesn't become such a a convenience that we forget that there is that synergy when you play with people Mm -hmm. there or you act with people there or whatever it is there there is something that we don't want to lose with that so when we get out of this is there anything you got going on anything besides jagged little pill that maybe is looking lined up well, I'm I'm actually working on the new Michael Jackson musical, which was supposed to be open. Uh, it was supposed to open a year ago, hmm. actually, almost no. Well, in the last summer, um, so I was gonna I was going to move to that show, and I'm still um, planning to do that. So that is now supposed to open in February. Okay, all right. Yeah. So there, well, you get to do a little Eddie Van Halen in there, right? Exactly. That's, uh, what was yep. it, Billie Jean or Beat It or one of those? that, that Yeah, Beat It, beat yep. It, right? <laughs> uh, yep. All right, so yeah, last, last little thing before I let you go. Let's just talk about, because you are a teacher uh, and, uh, and you do get to help inspire and, and impart knowledge, musical craft, mm-hmm. what do you tell uh, the young artist who has that passion you had where they're carrying their guitar around, even they don't know how to play it and they're walking around their house with it. And like, what is, what is the advice you'd give to, to them about art, about craft? About art and craft. Mm, Wow. Um, I would say to, 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 to really follow the music that speaks to you. Um, but also not be afraid to, put yourself out of your comfort zone um there's a lot to be learned from from jazz like for me um going to school for jazz and there's a lot to learn from things outside of what you love however so i'm i guess i'm saying like the marriage of those two things is 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 beautiful to be able to study other arts um within your craft but stay true and and don't be afraid to follow the the genre let's say or path that you that you knew in the first place you know right. that you love and uh at this point in your life what are the things that are inspiring you or are or, or that you're listening to have has that changed are you or do you still listen to new music you still listen to old music i mean what are the things that are in your orbit that turn you on and get you to pick that instrument up and want to dive in again? Hmm. I mean, I would say that I actually, I don't search for music anymore. I would say that like having done this professionally over the years, um, I'm not, I'm not necessarily the music lover that, (laughs) that, uh, some of my friends are that aren't professional musicians, you know? Um, I would say I'm that way with food, with, uh, with cooking. And that is like something that inspires me and interests me constantly. The music, um, I, I still just enjoy being, uh, having the homework, let's say like having, 
a task to do. So like um, when an artist calls me to record something for them and it, it's a song that I haven't learned, but um, I, I, I enjoy the, the task. That's and like what you know what I mean like what I you're a true working artist you'd like you like to, <laughs> I like, guess like I guess I know the, that's not like no no it's cool it's the, I, a I, pretty answer but I totally get that you want to open the hood and be like all right well I love that performance but how did he do that what, yeah, yeah what like did, that's what I really enjoy about music not to say that like I, we don't sit around and listen to music sometimes we right. do we certainly do um but yeah, I get a lot of joy out of having having something to accomplish. Well, I'll tell you what, Alex, I have gotten a lot of joy out of this conversation. Oh, thank I can you tell so you that much. This is Thanks. really enlightening and uh, incredibly accomplished oh. career, and uh, and it's still going on and, and with lots of fun stuff. Looks like ahead of you. Um, yeah. And uh, you just keep rocking out, man. That's the, that's the coolest thank thing you. ever. And uh, the discipline, and the. But the, and the preparation that that you love, but at the same time, the f the freedom of spirit to go with the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and follow the the rhythm of where it's taking you is how you mm -hmm. got to be the artist you are. And uh, oh. I certainly appreciate all the time you gave me. Thank you. My it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Awesome.